Thanks for tuning in to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. This is episode 62. 62. 62. With me, my my co-captain as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, um, I can't remember. I know we've changed this up. Why why don't you tell us about our sponsor? How about that? Yes. Uh, Okay. Uh, So uh, two things we (laughs) want to talk about. Uh, uh, Flipping out pinball. So if you have uh, a hankering for a new pinball machine, go ahead and contact Zach or Nicole at Flipping Out Pinball, and they will be able to hook you up with either a new or used game. They have uh, all sorts of options. And they've also branched out to different things. If you want to get that big buck hunter, which I have been eyeing for a while, uh, you can contact them. Uh, Also, if you want to catch up to the news, uh, This Week in Pinball is always good with Jeff Patterson. And uh, there's all sorts of other friends of the show, but we're trying to keep it uh, limited so people don't fast forward five minutes. So anyway, (laughs) okay, uh, Josh. Go we ahead. got a really cool guest on, but I honestly I feel like you know him better than I do. I just I just barely met him, but it sounds like you guys have history together already. We, we the, go with, way back, so uh, way back, way back. So when I was on Broadway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so uh, this is Steve Govea. I got that right, correct? Yes, yes correct. Close <laughs> enough. Okay, uh, so he is he came to fame in the pinball world by doing the Red Smoke Witch mod, which before it looked like a uh, a bad sculpture in a clear toilet paper roll. So he decided to upgrade that, and since then he's actually done a few upgrades. Uh, he did the Red Smoke Witch 1.0, then he did the Flying Witch mod. And I heard Steve first when he was on head to head back in the day, and he was talking about the flying witch mod or the flying, flying, uh, monkeys. flying monkey mod. Excuse this me. Flying yes. witch mod sounds fascinating. Flying witch mod. That would yes. be awesome. Yeah. And then we have uh, the crystal ball mod. Yeah. And then he had the uh, witch 2.0 mod. Correct. And I'm sure there's other stuff going on. So we want to welcome to the show Steve. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys, for having me. Definitely. I'm, I'm excited for this. I got to ask, so why, why just Wizard of Oz? Why haven't you branched out yet? What, what is your fascination with Wizard of Oz? Yeah, well, what started it? Like when, yeah. Other than seeing the terrible uh, display, I have a picture of the, the witches next to each other, and they, it looks laughable, really. You know, um, what happened is when that game came out, um, well, that was 2011, I think, when it came out. Right yeah, around it was a while ago, yeah. Between then and 2014 or 15. People were trying to do other versions of the witch, and I really just did it. I was more curious for myself. There was a there was a thread on Pinside called "Ditch the Witch and Leave the Trees," and I and I forget who started it, but you can you can find it. It's a really old thread, but this guy took a Hallmark ornament and he cut it in half and he stuck it in the tube and it looked great. And then he put a bunch of like I don't know like uh, holly in the trees. And it just mm-hmm. kind of gave me the idea that, that, uh, people were trying. So I tried the same thing he did and I completely destroyed the Hallmark toy. I mean, just completely destroyed it because you got to saw it in half and try to make it fit. And he did a great job. So, you know, failure after failure, failure, I just decided to make one out of clay. And then I just started looking at, uh, YouTube videos on how to, how to make stuff out of resin. And I thought this just opens up a whole a whole new world because if I can just make something that I, you know, instead of buying something and try to make it fit uh, and then make it out of plastic, then this will be fun. But I never really intended to, to you know, be a quote unquote modder. 
I just I put the witch out there because I thought it was a good idea to have the red like part that protects her lighted up. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of slowly, it slowly grew to where a few people wanted it and a few more people wanted it, a few more. And, and by the time it sort of died off, I started working on the monkey. And that was simply because someone asked me to do it. Someone challenged me to do it. And once that happened, I was like, well, there's no space back there. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I figured it out. Um, but I, it's like I'm not a company necessarily. I just I, I take a long time doing it because I do it by myself and I paint them and I sculpt them in clay uh, and then the resin, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the reason it's it's really just Wizard of Oz is I, I wanted to branch out like a year ago and was ready to almost two years ago I was ready to to do something else, um, but I went back because I figured I can make the witch better and. Because the witch was selling for way too much money on eBay and things like that, which I just thought was silly. So yeah, I decided to make a few more, and and because it, it's two because I just got better. It took me, yeah. it took me three years maybe to to go back to see it, and I was like, I don't want to just, you know, take the same design and and cast them and sell them. And I'm like, I, there's certain aspects of it I can make better and do things that I always wanted to do. And that's where the lighting came in. And that's where the sculpture kind of changed a little bit. So, so yeah, that's how those things came about. I'm shocked that you, that this is your first, um, your first foray into sculpting. I, mean, I, I, I was anticipating that you were going to say, well, I've been playing D and D for years. And so I've been painting <laughs> sculpt. I mean, seriously, this is, this is what my friends growing up would do. They would have their little miniatures and they'd paint them and, but you're telling me you didn't have any history like that. No, I, I made something out of clay years and years ago. I've, I've, I've been pretty artistic my entire life. I, I, I did theater design in college for a while. Um, I worked as a cartoonist when I was younger um, and did caricatures and things like that. But, but I, clay was not something I... I've ever really done for a living. So there's a lot of people on YouTube who are so good at it. And if you, if you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, you can learn a lot from them. So that's what I did. I just, I tried to learn everything I could. That's some dedication. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty awesome. It's more of a challenge. Thank you. It's, it's, it's really a challenge. It's like, can I make something new and unique? And I love doing it. I love, I love at the end of the day, finishing a mod and going wow that's really cool in my you know in my opinion i've never really made anything for other people other than for me if i like it and i think it's good then i'll uh you know i'll put it out there for people to to buy um but yeah that's that's kind of where it came out came about is me just working for myself just for fun so you you did the first witch and then you went to the flying monkey mod correct and and how many of these did you make how long did it take you to make each individual one? It took so long. I'll tell you, it took it 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 took almost a year. It took ten months. By the time I got to the end of the list, some people were like, "I paid for that," <laughs> or "Did I ask you for that?" Well, yeah, you did. And I didn't care. There were so many other people who wanted it. I'm like, "Yeah, you did. If you don't want it, that's fine because I got to make some more." But but it was I was I had just moved. Um, God, we, we were talking so much before the podcast, so I forget where we were, but I'm from San Diego and I, I used to live all over the place. So I came back home here and I didn't really have a job and, uh, and it, I had some time to just kind of, you know, do this at night for myself. 
And that's, that's where it came from. It's just truly just a hobby for fun for me that I thought was a cool idea. Uh, and now you have two version of the witches now. So there's the 1.0. So I, uh, full disclosure, I'm really good at buying things and not very good at installing them. Um, <laughs> so I bought the 1.0 witch mod and I saw actually kind of late to the game. I, I missed it. And I said, oh, he's doing a 2.0 mod. And so I, I begged you to make the mod and uh, for me and add me to the list because I was one of the last ones. And uh, it kind of ironically, you asked me a, a basic question about Rush. And so I actually, <laughs> I know a lot about Rush. And so I gave you way more information than you wanted. No, it was um, funny, but you passed. You passed with flying I, colors. <laughs> I did pass. I passed. I passed. Um, and then, uh, so I, I was one of the last ones. But tell me the differences between the first one and the second one and what you changed. Uh, real, uh, let's see. The first one was based off of that Hallmark toy I told you about that I cut in half. Um, if, if you go back and find it, they're on eBay somewhere. There's this, it's a witch and she's got this kind of red plastic around her and inside is this little LED. And if you push the button, she, I, th I think she screams or something and the, the, the light kind of flashes. And that to me was, that was a great idea because the trick with the first witch or fixing the witch in general is that you can't have the ball get into that, that mech. Because then the mech won't know there's anything in there. And that's why the tube is there. But you can make the most amazing sculpture and stick it in that tube. And you won't see anything because that tube is so reflective. Um, so the idea for me was to make this like cloud that I saw in this Hallmark ornament. But make it bigger. So the ball can't get up there on the top. So initially I made it. And I, and I started uh, selling them out to people who wanted them and balls were getting stuck in the mod because I didn't make it high enough. So someone had asked me along the way if I could incorporate it more into the castle that comes on the, uh, the red version of the game and kind of tie it into that whole thing. So I looked at the bricks on there that, that, that uh, Matt had made from uh, Back Alley Creations. Um, mm -hmm. The original yeah. sculpt. Yeah, and I, and I just kind of looked at what he had done and tried to tie in this wall structure underneath what I had done. And I made the mod higher and that seemed to fix the problem. Uh, but like I said, I made about, I made about 230 maybe, but I was, I was tired of making them and I had no intention of going back to make them like zero. Um, I thought it was neat that people are collecting them and they're selling them for a lot of money. I think that's really cool. It's fun. It just means I'm not making something that's, you know, junky. But um, when I saw the prices for them going up and it just like dumb prices, uh, I thought I could make a few more. So I went back and I looked at it and I saw that I could, someone at one point said, can you make the witch look out at me? And I'm like, and back then I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Well, now I could. So I took this sculpture and I, I made her more sort of dynamic and perspective kind of based and had her looking out. And then um, I remember when I was making the first witch, I would take these pieces of red and I'd stick them on the play field just to make sure things were fitting. Well, when Wizard of Oz goes into a test mode, they, there's this sort of like pulsing rainbow color thing that goes up every once in a while through the play field. Well, when that light, when those lights were coming up through the red piece of plastic, I just thought it looked so cool, but I just, I didn't have the knowledge to, to make it light up like that. Uh, Cause the original game, if you don't own it, it's just, it's, it's two LEDs that flash 
One is red and one is white. Um, so all this time passes and I learn about this thing called a, an addressable LED ring. And what that allows you to do is program it and you can do whatever you want with this ring. So I went back and I looked at the mod that I made. I had to dig out the base of it and kind of reconfigure it. I made it so this ring fits inside there. And then I had a friend who, a uh, pinball buddy of mine, isn't involved in pinball at all. He's actually involved in, in theater, Scott. Uh, and, oh, okay. But his dad was a uh, uh, electronics um, programmer or whatever, you know. Uh, and so he had a basic knowledge of what this ring did in programming it. And he got really excited. He's like, let me do it. Let me do it. So we came up with about seven patterns of light that are all random. They're timed to the music. So, so they kind of billow and smoke. And when the music goes out, the, the lights go out. And then the witch, once again, like learning from just the past, someone had asked me, or I think I made a joke. Like, I'm going to make the witch again in a few years, but this time it's going to glow in the dark or something stupid. I was never going to make it glow in the dark. But, <laughs> but the monkey, because the, because the game is so dark in the back, which I love, by the way. I loved how dark Wizard of Oz is. Um, but the monkey, to light it, I didn't just want to put a spotlight on it. So I painted, painted it with uh, UV uh, reflective paint. And then when you light it with, a, with UV light, it glows, but it doesn't like, it's not like a glaring, you know, spotlight like most pinball machines have. Right. Uh, it's, it's more subtle. So I did that with the witch. I painted her with UV paint. And then I replaced the white light that's originally in the game with, with UV lights that shine up from above. So uh, she glows when all the, the fire uh, disappears. She sits there and glows. Looks really cool. It's like if you've ever been to Disneyland uh, in the Haunted Mansion, it looks like that little woman who's at the end of the, of the ride, who's like, you know, come back mm -hmm. your death certificate or whatever. It looks like that. And so once yeah. I, once I figured that out, I, I got excited about it. So, but I was only going to make 50. Um, that was my plan. Cause it was, it was hard to do. And I just wanted to make 50. Uh, and, and so many people wanted one. I'm just about to finish and we're about 125. So, um, so that's where we are on the witch 2.0. Mm. Now I, I just barely installed it. And um, for the record, it's really cool. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Yeah. My, my son who I actually adjusted wizard of Oz cause it was kind of too hard for my kids. It's a hard. Game. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And so I adjusted the outlines a little bit, but my son was so excited to play it because he was like, Hey, I entered my initials in. I, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell him it was like the high score of the day, but <laughs> he, he loved doing it. He loved playing, but, uh, it is so cool when the witch pops up, it really is a showstopper. Oh, thank you. I tell you, I've been working on it for so long that, um, and then like, like I said, once COVID hit, it's like everything just slowed down. It was just, a, I mean, we've all, you know, we're experiencing it. It's, it was, it felt, it felt weird just to make a toy during all that. I wasn't quite sure what was happening. Um, so it's, it's taken a long time to finish it, but I'm just about getting it for the, the tail end of people who wrote me asking for one. But, um, but, uh, it, it took so long. In fact, the crystal ball was not meant to be something on its own. It was make, it was something I was just going to make because my friend was busy programming the new witch. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. It's a labor of love. And I'm, I, 
no one was necessarily waiting for me and no one, I don't have anybody pay up front. So you're not out of any money and I don't feel obligated to make you something. Um, so there's, a, I, I kind of keep the pressure off myself that way and I'll just make something that I really enjoy. Um, and that's what happened with this. So, yeah. So you, you did this based off of a challenge or at least the, the monkey mod, right? Yeah. That oh, based yeah, off totally. of a challenge. Yeah. So, can I make a challenge? I've been thinking about this after knew, Scott said we were going to talk. I knew if I said challenge, you're going to ask me to make something, but we'll see. We'll see. This isn't for Wizard of Oz, and okay. it, it, you can totally shoot me down. No, but... it doesn't have to be. Trust me. Not at okay, all. Okay. So you remember the truck nuts that used to be on all the trucks? The truck nuts? Oh, oh you're, so for like a truck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for like a oh, truck. You, oh, you hung geez. them on the back of your truck. And that's oh, how you knew it was. That's how you knew it was a mail truck. Yes, yes. we've got a neighbor who has them, and my wife Trisha wants to go yank them off. <laughs> oh my gosh, she want you want to castrate the truck? Yeah, yes, she hates them. But what what do you want? You want me to make okay pinball? Make make a tilt bob that hangs on. instead of truck nuts. You have a tilt bob oh, that swings funny. back and forth, and when you depress on the brakes, it could say tilt across the bob. <laughs> huh? Oh my I'm gosh, it. I'm already sculpting it right now. Yeah, yes. there you go. I, I knew it. It's I knew really it. easy. It's just two balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it'd be really cool if you could hook this. I, I know that like it would probably be against the road rules. There's probably some law saying you can't have lights and sound. But I thought it'd be really cool if, if it swung back and forth. When it actually hit the rim like you do with a regular tilt bob, it'd make a tilt sound. You, you could have it light up. But actually, I, I, when you hit the brakes, you can actually have things uh, light up. It's kind of weird, but yeah. That's why I'm saying when you can do it with the brake, with the tilt. So if you press on the brake, it would say tilt across the tilt bob. But obviously, you can't do it every time it hits the rent, the edge of the... Uh, and that could get annoying, too, because I, I swear that thing would be swinging all the time when you're driving. So so if you if you got double danger, would it like shut your car down? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Is this something you guys see a lot up there in Utah? Does like every <laughs> car have a have a pair of balls attached to it? Nah, there, there's more than you would think. But usually, I'm just like, oh, really? Like you went there? Okay. <laughs> no, I just thought it'd be funny to have a tilt bob hanging off the back of my truck. You know, yeah. you you don't, yeah. And I know the community to get behind it. Everyone wants a tilt bob hanging off the back of their truck. Everyone wants a, a, a uniball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get on it. Get on it. <laughs> That could be your thing, the way uh, you know the head-to-head guys had the uh, the kangaroo sacks for a while. Ab- absolutely, yeah. That's absolutely, dang. You just sell truck balls. Yeah. <laughs> truck balls. <laughs> but okay, this will so, look like a tilt bob. It won't look like balls. It'll look like a tilt bob. So. It, it, yeah, all right. It'll look like a triangle. So there you go. Well, good. That's, okay, that's half the clay, so I don't have to worry about the other ball. There. <laughs> so, so you're wrapping up this mod. Are there any other mods that are on your horizon? Yes, there are. Um, and that's all I will say about it. Okay. I, I'm just on record as saying that I want to be on the list. So just, but we got to know, can you at least tell, tell us what is it for a game? Like, like which game is it for? Well, that that was my thing. If you didn't know what game it would be for, they would kind of be silly buying it. Right. Um, and I'm not going to tell you that either. Okay. All right. No, stay tuned. I'll stay tuned. And if you want, uh, you guys will be the first to know. Oh, well, I, cool. I was going to ask, are you going to venture outside of Wizard of Oz? Because that, yes, that's... I am. Okay, okay. That's yeah. the only thing I was going to ask, because I was going to tell you to point to a particular game, because, I mean, obviously, it's... Josh has a Bugs Bunny pinball party that oh, he yes. really <laughs> wants to bling out. <laughs> oh, my gosh, really? 
No, wow. no. I've... <laughs> Someone was giving one of those away nearby, and I went, "Nah, it's still too nah, too good. expensive." Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Actually, so I I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm modding Thunderbirds. <laughs> oh. Oh, right. so, nice. so you have to hit international rescue twice to start. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, first I've got to find a Thunderbirds to mod it, but that that'll be harder than I than I probably think. But okay, no, any not, plans I'm, for modding a deep root game? Oh, <laughs> yeah, and I've been waiting. I've just been yeah. waiting. Oh, and, and waiting and, and waiting and waiting. <laughs> the good news is, if you made 130 of them, you would get the whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to know how, now we talked a little bit offline a lot. You uh, have a significant theater history. How did you get into pinball? Like what, what, uh, good question. Pinball is kind of niche. It's total niche. And it's always, I I get the same question every time someone says you're into pinball. They they always say the same thing. Huh? They still make those. That's always the first question. Yeah. And they they still say it a lot around. Yeah. The second question is, can I come over and play it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, we've got some we've got some good uh, uh, brew pubs down here now. Um, there's a lot of pinball around town if you want to play. I mean, now things are opening up a little more. But I got into it, gosh, right around the time you guys are probably you're a little younger than I am. I'm 52, so you're like 40s or something. Yeah, I'm I'm four. I'm turning 47 this year. Oh, so. well, there you go. I'm I'm turning 34 here in a couple weeks. He's oh, a baby. Yeah, a baby. Um, it goes back for me when. Uh, I didn't pay attention to pinball when I was playing in the arcades. It was right around the time that Mortal Kombat and and all of those fighting games came out, and I just lost interest. Where you need all these like secret moves to play your game, mm-hmm. and I was oh, getting yeah. older, and I just wasn't I wasn't interested in. Um, and pinball machines, I just started gravitating toward because they were new and they were different. Even though they've always been around, they just caught my attention. Um, so. I remember, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I remember, excuse me, I remember wanting the movie poster uh, just to put in my room, you know, my bedroom, Uh, but they were hard to get back then because, you know, the theaters would get rid of them and they'd send them back to the the movie companies and all that. So I thought, Mm -hmm. man, get a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie poster, that would be so much fun. Well, then I'm, you know, I'm in an arcade somewhere and I see an Indiana Jones pinball machine. And that just upped the ante like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know it existed. How much fun is that? If I ever owned one of those, that would be really fun. Um, and I I didn't have the money for it, but I ended up buying one for 1900 bucks back in... Wow. Yeah, back in 2000, something, 2002. Uh, and I just loved it. And I took it apart. And I blew so many fuses on it, you know, putting in lights and modding it myself and and just figuring out how a pinball machine works because it's daunting when you flip it up and see all those wires. Um, and there was a there was a website. I think it's still out. It's called Mr. Pinball. It had. Yeah. So that's actually from Utah, by the way. Is it really? Like, oh, that's cool. That, that, yeah. The original guy is uh, from Utah, Mr. Pinball. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I remember it's just a long time ago, but there's a page on how to fix Will- Bally Williams games from the 90s. Yeah. And so I just was looking at that all the time and figuring out how to, you know, fix pinball machines. And it was just an obsession for me. And I put little toys in there. You know, I get a little rubber snake from the San Diego Zoo and I'd stick it in there and put some plants in there and all that. But it's just, 
for me, it was just really fun. I never really considered it a hobby. It was just this fun kind of antique that I had in my house. Because um, this is 2002, remember? I mean, pinball is dead. Dead, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dead. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. I just, I treasured it. And so my, my, my tie-in flash forward uh, with theater is I was traveling around the country on tour. And we were in cities for a long time, uh, you know, at least four weeks, sometimes 10 weeks. We were, we were sitting in a city. We weren't just, you know, overnighting it. So you mm-hmm. get bored kind of quickly. And one of the things that I just started doing was like going around and looking for pinball machines. And it just gave me a chance to get out and walk through cities and explore them. Um, and, and this is before like having some sort of app that says, hey, they're over there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this was people talking. It wasn't. It wasn't an app like Pinball Map or something. It was just I would do like a deep dive on the computer and find people talking. So I remember we were in Minneapolis at one point, probably two thousand nine, I think. And I see SS Billiards. I'm like, oh, what's this? They've got pinball machines. So I, I take a car out to SS Billiards and I meet Lloyd. Um, didn't know who he was. I didn't know what LTG was. I didn't know what Pinside was or anything. But, I, but you know, I got to experience all these great places. So, like Sunshine Laundromat, Jack Bar, because I was living in New York for a while. Um, uh, places all over the place. I think it was Cactus Jacks in Nebraska, which is an amazing pinball collection. And and it was it really is just I I look at pinball as kinetic art. Uh, that to me is more appealing to me. I I don't care about competing i don't care about multipliers and all that um i'm good at, at pinball i'm really good at it but i i'd rather explore a game's story i guess than than you know take someone on to to get high score that's not as you know interesting to me but yeah that's that's kind of been my my uh, you know passion for it so in terms of getting other games um i got a theater of magic maybe to not so long ago, around 2009, someone had one up in LA. I'm in San Diego, by the way. Uh, and they couldn't get it to restart. And they were selling it for 2200 bucks. Wow. So okay. I went and I bought it and I drilled out the lock and I hit the reset button and the whole thing just came up like pristine. It was just dusty. It was just, you know, pristine. And so that, you know, kind of became, you know, that was my next game. Uh, and then flash forward to 2010, 2011, whenever Jack, uh, how do you say his name? Guarnieri? He's a tough one. He's like Govea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jack. Um, Jack did his spiel about uh, uh, his new game. And he was saying everything that I thought about pinball is I was out, I was out searching for, you know, theater magic, Twilight's all these classic games from the 90s. And the new stuff I just thought was terrible. Uh, Wheel of Fortune is just, just it had I had no interest in that stuff. And here comes Jack saying, "Hey, I'm going to make a machine with all these old guys from Bally Williams. I don't know what it is yet. I'm not going to tell you, but will you pay for it?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm going to pay for it." And I got so excited with just what he was doing. He's making an old game the way I liked it. Uh, and I paid for it sight unseen. And, you know, obviously it's Wizard of Oz and everything. But um, that was my third game. So it's not like I've got a basement. I, you know, first of all, I'm in San Diego, so we don't really have those. But um, I don't have a huge collection. I just, I, I, 
you know, it's one of those things, like they say, you buy one and you want another one, you want another one. Um, but that's kind of how my collection and my interest in pinball uh, started, I guess. Um, so we talked uh, randomly about Rush, and you actually have this connection with Rush. T- tell me about that connection. <laughs> we're, we're going down the nerdy hole. It's a pinball podcast. I know. Hey, oh, hey, hey, at a Rush concert, this is the only time where the lines for the men's room is way longer than the lines <laughs> for the ladies' room. Right. <laughs> well, first of all, before we begin that, uh, do you think they should make a rush pinball machine? So that's actually kind of where I was going with this. Um, yeah. I was going to say, you guys always somewhat officially, unofficially announced. Well, not well, rush I, itself. I think, but. I think it's the theory behind it. It's like it's always been floating out there. So the, the challenge is rush is one of those. Go ahead. I was going to say they announced on pinball show, or at least the correspondent did, saying that they're going to try to squeeze in a a rush pinball machine from John Borg between Mandalorian and Godzilla. So yeah, well, okay, but that and that's all. That's a theory, right? It's not like Stern's going to say anything about that. Well, um, I I can quote you ready for this. I'm going to quote Zach Sharp verbatim. I okay. cannot yet confirm nor deny that, that is actually true. Oh yeah, well th- yeah, that, that that's his go-to <laughs> message. Yeah, no. So uh, the the challenge with Rush is that they're one of the few bands that have a niche following for about 40 years. Correct. And so they have, uh, you know, the big album, they have moving pictures and they kind of came in their heyday about 10 years into them be- or six years into them being a band. And so the challenge is they have eras almost and, and very few bands have eras that are, um, cause very few bands actually make it that long. And so you can have the seventies version of the band, um, and because, you know, that's the that's the same time as Led Zeppelin was out there. And so there's a lot of uh, fantasy themes and all that kind of stuff. And then you have the 80s version, which is a little more of the synth pop version. Right. Uh, then then you have 90s, which are going back to to grunge slash guitars. And then you have others. So could you fit all of those in to one game or would it be just, you know what, we're just going to focus on this era uh, when they were the biggest and say, you know, we're just going to do um, moving pictures, era rush, 1980. Yeah. I think, I think the latter is a better choice. I think you either make a 2112 machine or you make a moving pictures machine. Yeah. And I think you'd have to go with moving pictures. Yeah. Uh, and so then you could have, you know, every song could be some sort of mode, you know, but then you right. But okay. Uh, this is super nerdy, but um, <laughs> I, they're a prog rock band. Yeah. And so a lot of their things, I, a lot. Okay. A lot of, um, well, okay, topics that are typically in bands, there is, um, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, right? Correct. Yeah. They, don't, they don't really typically do that. And so, you know, a lot of their songs are very niche. And they have a car about, they have a song about a, a red sports car. They have a camera eye, which is going through different cities. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's kind of, yeah, it, it's very... Nerdy prog rock nerd stuff. Yeah. So like, would that fit with pinball? And you could say, yes, Tom Sawyer would be great. Um, YYZ would be a great song. Red Um, Bar would be fun. You know, you could could race around. Yeah, you could, but it's a slow start. It's the same thing as like Led Zeppelin. So Led Zeppelin. Well, that's my thing is I don't need to hear the music, you know, in a pinball. I've heard it so much in my life that I I wouldn't necessarily need a game to hear it. So it's so a, I, a tough one. Yeah, I don't know if the theme translates super well. I guess that's a very long way, a long prog rock way of saying that I'm not sure it would translate well, but I think I would buy it. 
I th- I think most importantly, whoever does it should really like the band. Yes, because because that would be my issue with it. I I did not like the Led Zeppelin game. Um, okay. I ooh hot take. <laughs> Burn. Well, you know, if go I for say, it. If I keep saying in my opinion over again, that gets kind of redundant. I just <laughs> I know it, it, I, I hate it when people say I think. Well, of course you think no, because this, you're talking. Yeah, yeah this is I my think opinion. Therefore, I am. Yeah, of course. This is my opinion. Other people won't agree, but I I didn't like what they did to it. Granted, it's tough to do Led Zeppelin right. with whatever assets they have, but I just I don't want I don't want Rush to get the short shrift. I'd mm-hmm. rather have them focus on it the way Slash focused on Guns and Roses. Um, but I don't know how many people would be interested in that. So to right. put that amount of time and money into it. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I. I. don't know if I'd get it unless it was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but but it, it would have to be like I the the living two members of the band. You have Alex Lifeson and uh, Getty Lee. Right. And unless you have one of their involvements, sure. I, I'm not sure. Um, so why, uh, apparently, you know, Alex, so why don't you just call him up? Well, you know, why don't we just call him right now? You know, I thought of that. I'm like, that would be the geekiest thing ever. <laughs> that oh, would be Alex. awesome. Hey, there's it's- a rumor you're making a pinball machine. Yeah. Like, who is it? Um, no, the, the way I know Alex and it's really, I think it's really cool. I got so lucky. Um, by but, the way, he's the for for those of you who do not have your nerd card, he's the lead guitarist for it. Yeah. And he was my main guitar player. I've played guitar since I was 10 years old. Um and so right around that time was when Moving Pictures came out and and Rush was the only band I listened to. So I just absolutely worshiped their music. That they could do no wrong in my opinion in those, you know, in my teenage years. Um well I was because we were talking so much before I was in a show called Jersey boys and, and I was on Broadway for about two years and then went on tour with the show and then the first national tour. So when we were in all these cities and I was, you know, searching my pinballs uh, machines, we were there for a long period of time. So at one point we were in Toronto for 10 weeks and I knew that Alex and Getty had just gotten off of tour and I was in an up I was in a position where people were paying attention to me because I was doing lots of press for the show and and articles, news articles and things like that. So I thought, I want to get these guys to come and see the show. I want to invite them. I'm I'm here for 10 weeks. There's gotta be a way for me to get them to see the show. So I had a mutual friend of theirs, this guy named John Wesley, who's the uh, guitar player when they were on tour for a band called Porcupine Tree. Have you ever heard of them? Mm-mm. Great band. Sounds familiar. A really, yeah. really great band. They're, they're a London prog band. They're not playing anymore. But uh, but I saw them uh, in uh, in New York, and I became friends with one of their members. Well, Wes was Neil Peart's uh, motorcycle buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He And he knows the guys. And and he and I just geeked out over him one, one night. And um, I said, we're going. I wrote him. I said, we're going up to Toronto. Can you send Alex a letter saying I want to you know get in touch with him? And he's like, sure. So I never heard from him. And I'm doing press. There's an article in the Toronto Star where I'm doing like a lifestyle page on how to make my, you know, my favorite drink, you know, in the afternoon. And it starts off with Alex Lifeson. If you're reading this, Steve Govea really wants to meet you. And, <laughs> I, and she did it. The, the, the person interviewing me was like, yeah, I'll do it. And, and it's, I was doing everything I could to meet these guys. 
So eight yeah. weeks go by and nothing's going to happen. I don't hear anything. Uh, the show's happening along. And I'm down in this tourist area of Toronto called the Distillery District. And I'm down there with my girlfriend at the time, and we're walking by, and I see this old sort of like Jewish woman sitting at this table eating lunch. And I walk, and I'm walking past, and I say, hey, look, it's Getty Lee, just as a joke. And I look again, and it's Getty Lee. And he's just sitting there with his wife, Nancy, and they're just having lunch. And I go around the corner, and I'm so nervous. My knees are shaking. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I've, I've got to say something. I have to go back and say something. Yeah, so you you have to. You have, you to. have to. And I, I I've built this up so much just trying to meet these guys and there he is. Like, you know, of course you go to Toronto and there's Getty just sitting outside waiting to say hi. Sure. So I go back to him and my knees are shaking and I shake his hand and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, I uh Getty, I really want to meet Alex Lifeson." That's what I said to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you, you're not the person I want to meet. No, that's there's a, someone else. But that's my, okay. <laughs> I, I really want to meet Alex Lifeson, and he starts laughing. He goes, "Oh, okay." And I, and I explain who I am, and luckily there are Jersey Boys like banners all up up and down the streets where we are. So I had some sort of like credit, you know. And and he goes, "Well, give me your email, and I'll give it to him." So I'm staring at him, and my girlfriend she ends up writing my email in a napkin and giving it to Getty. And then we go away and I'm on cloud nine. I got to meet Getty Lee and shake his hand. And I'm like, we're done. Well, two days later, I get a message from Alex Lifeson. I get an email from Alex Lifeson. And I just fall out of my chair. And he says to me, he says, Steve, I know you, I think you're Wes's friend from Porcupine Tree. He goes, he goes, I can't uh, make it to the show, but uh, thank you for the invite. You know, and I appreciate it. And I couldn't even believe I was even having a conversation with him. So I wrote him back and I said, look, I just wanted to thank you for all the guitar lessons. And so he wrote back two days later and said, I'm doing an interview uh, at noon at the Four Seasons Hotel. You want to come down and have coffee afterwards? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So, I, of course, I got, you know, my Power Windows album. I got like whatever I could. And I go down there and I had lunch with Alex Lifeson for about two hours and just talking about everything. Um, and he was just so funny. And I, I brought up the story about how he had met Jimmy Page. And I remember how nervous he was. He goes, oh, yeah, we were so nervous. And I said, that's me with you. And he just starts laughing. He goes, oh, you know, thanks so much. I said, I said the next time I see you is probably going to be when you guys are touring in San Diego. And he goes, well, just call me. You have my phone number. And so, uh, as the tour went on, they were in San Antonio. I got in touch with him. We went backstage, we hung out. Um, and then we just became friends. I saw him in like three different concerts and kept going backstage to say hi to him. And wow. he, yeah, and he's such a nice guy. And so, so what, what made it really, really cool was the director of Jersey boys is, is this guy named Des Mackinac and Des was getting a governor general award up in, uh, uh, Ottawa, the same time that Rush was getting theirs. And so Des called me up and said, I want the band to play. And Des, before directing Jersey Boys, directed Tommy, the musical yeah. Pinball Machine is based on. Okay. And he wanted Pete Townsend to play with us. And so we, he, Des calls me and he says, I need you to come up here. Um, we're, we're putting the band back together that, that we're playing the show on Broadway. And we're going to play with Pete Townsend. And I said, I really can't do it. I'm busy. I got this thing. He goes, well, that band you really like is going to be here too. 
<laughs> and I go, he goes, a rush? I go, oh my God, really? He goes, yeah. So we go up there to Ottawa. Rush gets their Governor General Awards. I'm on stage playing pinball wizard with a bunch of pinball machines behind me with Pete Townsend in front of Rush. And the whole band comes backstage to meet Pete Townsend afterwards. And his dressing room was right next to mine. There's a picture of the three of them meeting him somewhere if you search for it. And Mm -hmm. the three guys come into our room with my, my little band and we get a picture of all of Rush with me and, and, and my band guys. I'm like, it, it just doesn't happen that way. Especially with yeah, well, it's especially all of Rush. Right, that that was the key private. thing. Yeah, Neil is very private, and he's basically well, he relegated the PR stuff to Getty and Alex because right. he he felt he felt a little overwhelmed by it. Oh, without question. It's, but I, I I remember seeing Getty again. I said I said Getty, remember me? I I told you that I really wanted to meet Alex Larson, and he goes, Yeah, yeah I do remember you. He started laughing because I said, but I really wanted to meet you too. You know, and he started laughing, and so. So yeah, that's kind of been my connection. So I've been in touch with him since then. I saw their last tour. He just Alex just put out some new music because he has a new guitar out. I, I I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I wrote him briefly. I said I dig it. It's really cool. The music is great. And he's you know doing his thing up in Toronto. But yeah, that's that for a period of time there we were really like like you know in contact a lot. And it was great. He took me out to dinner when I was in Toronto rehearsing and. We've had a great time. And I'm like, this is my guitar hero. And he's the nicest guy on the planet. He's so nice. Yeah, so it just like- it reminds me of, uh, I mean, okay, again, behind the lighted stage. You remember that? You, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, the, uh, the part where the waitress who has mm-hmm. only a peripheral idea mm-hmm. of who rushes, she right. recognizes Getty Lee because he's very distinctive looking. Sure. And so she goes up and asks him for his autograph and Getty's like, do you, do you want his autograph? And no, Alex is sitting there and she's like, no, yeah. <laughs> she yeah, had no but, idea who Alex Lyson was. Yeah. That's his thing. He's like, he's like, I look like everybody else, Steve, you know, it's yeah. like Getty, Getty looks like Getty, but me, I'm just kind of fitting in, but I, I couldn't have been luckier and I could have been happier, but yeah, I'm a huge rush fan. If you look at the, nice. thread, you, I got my bobbleheads up there. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I became friends with him. Just uh, fortunate and very lucky and, you know, but it, it was great. I would hate to meet him and have him be a jerk, but he was really great. Was really no, great. I, that's actually the danger, right? Meeting your heroes. And yes, definitely. It, it's so hard because you have, um, well, I, I call it like the illusion of intimacy, especially when you listen to either radio shows or podcasts or something like that. You kind of feel like the silent chair in the discussion. Sure. It's, uh, you know, you're there, you feel like you're involved in the discussion, but in many ways, um, you're and you're not really because yeah. they are they you don't saying know who people you are. feel in, are you saying people feel intimate with us? Oh, geez, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is, this is kind of weird here, Scott. You're yeah, saying no, uh, no. Okay, well, I'm just saying that it's it's no, this illusion I, I of like you know it's a relationship. But I, I and I will say, thankfully, that's worked really well for Josh and I because there's a lot of pinball podcasts out there that we have been able to become friends with. Yeah. Because uh, it does feel like you know them already. It's just kind of a, this odd situation. But I would say the same thing with your heroes. When you meet them, if they turn out to be just a major jerk, then you're just like, uh, it's it's kind of hard to appreciate them and their work once yeah. you see behind the curtain. 
Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you say it because I, I, I mentioned this uh, story briefly when I did Head to Head a couple of years ago, whatever. But um, Keith Elwin is from San Diego. Obviously, he's in Chicago now. I, I was I was about to ask. I was like, do you did you know Keith when he lived down there? Uh, he, uh, only barely. He came to work on my Indiana Jones machine once um, over over at my dad's house. Uh, but I remember the one time I was watching Special One Lit when I was on a plane, and I was flying back to San Diego and I watched the whole thing. I'm like, who's this guy with the San Diego Padres hat on? And I'm like, oh, it's Keith Elwin. He's the best pinball player in the world. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay, interesting. And I I get back to, I think I'm here for a week or so and I needed a part for my Indiana Jones. And I called up a company called Area Amusements and I said, I need this part. And they're like, yeah, come on up. I said, so I drove up, maybe 10 minutes away from where I live. And the woman at the front says, "Um, hey, Keith, can you help this guy out? And I turn around the corner and working on the machine is Keith Elwin because he worked there. And I'm staring at him like I, I just saw him on TV and he's like, you know, he's like this major star. I'm like, you're Keith Elwin. And he's just very shy. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're the best pinball player in the world. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I, you know, and I said, I said, do you have, uh, I forget how the topic came up, but he gave me a copy of his, uh, his DVD. Uh, yeah. Pinball, yeah. And he signed one one one. Pinball 101. Yeah. yeah. And I was so excited that I had met, you know, Keith Elwin. <laughs> so, so since then, yeah, you know, paying attention to him and knowing he is and um, uh, watching what he's doing and his games are great. He's great. So, yeah, I mean, and he was a nice guy, too. So, you know, so talking about meeting your quote unquote heroes or, you know, right. Important people. Well, we have interviewed him a few times and uh, legitimately he could not be nicer. And he was yeah. one of the first guys to come on even before we really cut our teeth. Yeah. Oh, that's and so right. it, yeah, that's it, it just felt, uh, it, it's, it's a confirmation when you talk with people and it's like, Oh, well they're really this nice. Like they really are. Yep. No yeah. Idea. It's refreshing. And it is, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I think it's necessary. <laughs> people mm-hmm. should be nicer. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I, I got to, we we got to wrap up here shortly, but I I want to get have have you guys both looked at the new spooky pinball playfield? Okay, the no. underneath. The yeah, underneath. yeah, I, I saw the underneath one. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if if you guys had any takes on it or what you you thought about it. Well, can you direct me there and I'll look at it. So I just so I just sent over the link in the the chat below for the picture of spooky stuff. Um. It looks. Oh. So this is the underside, so you have to kind of visualize what the top's going to look like. But they have promised it's going to have two upper play fields. Well, it looks like it's got a subway and stuff, huh? Wait one second. Uh, did you send it to? Because I'm on the computer with this. Uh, oh, I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah if you just. Oh wow! Good, they're putting some stuff in there. Yeah. Lots of mechs. Yeah, yeah. if you look at that that right side, that's a upper play field towards. The, and the picture will be the bottom right, but oh, on, yeah. on the uh, on the actual plate, it'll be the upper upper right once you drop it. Yeah. That's great. I mean, the, the, to to me, honestly, the more mechs, the better. The more the more toys in there, the better. I I think. I know every. For, it, for me, it's always been. It's, if the game is too barren, I might as well just go play pool or something like that. I, I like to have lots of toys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm looking at this. I but they haven't talked about a theme for the the game at all. 
that's all mystery. There, there's been a bunch thrown out there. Scooby-Doo, Halloween, uh, Army of Darkness. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, who knows? Oh. You know you know how the game of misdirection goes in pinball, you know? I know. You know here's the problem. When I, when I look at underneath the play field, I... I am not smart enough to know what that possibly translates to up on the play field. <laughs> no, it's, this is a tough one too. Okay. Yeah. So here, I'm going to send you um, this thing and you can take a look at, this is uh, this is what they did to, um, to my Tron. So there you go. So you can take a look and see, like when I first got Tron, I, I was kind of disappointed because you you expect a little more of an immersive environment with a game like Tron, right? But it felt kind of barren. It was a pro, and I was kind of disappointed. But after I got everything lit up and the way it looks, it really changes how how involved in the game you are. And I know it's silly, but there's a reason why you don't play Whitewoods. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. yeah, but I don't think that's silly at all. I think that's the appeal of pinball. Right. Uh, for me, it just you know the the what of the world. Oh, that's pretty. I'm looking at the game now. That's great. Yeah, yeah that's and you see. Man. Doesn't it look amazing? Like how much? Uh, yeah. And that cool and the cool little um uh, the little Tron arcade machine, which is just one of the coolest things ever. It's it's um, a cool mod, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorites when I first started doing this. Was that and um, there's a uh, the the T Rex mod. I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it with. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. It's Loar or Oh Leor. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that one. There, there's one that was done by, and I don't know his name, but it's it's called his his pin side name is Winter is Coming, and he did one oh. for Data East. Oh, okay. Have you seen I, guess, that? Yeah, I remember that one. It, it's, it's pretty like a, cool. Yeah, it's like a six-year-old thread, but he he sculpted the whole thing out of clay, and it's yeah. beautiful. And so when I yeah, he, started out, that was inspiring to me. If someone could do that, you know, I could try to do something like that. Yeah, because his complaint was like, "Why is the dinosaur look?" Because it, it's it doesn't look like the T Rex at all in the movie. And no. so he was like, I want to make something that resembles what the movie does. Yeah, so. I, I was surprised by the Stern um, Jurassic Park, how mine, I, I have the NLE and it's green. And I was surprised that the ones that have been coming out recently, or at least the, my friend's premium, it's a brown dinosaur. So it's closer to what the T-Rex looks like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that I mean, that when I first started out, it wasn't, it was just a few guys making a few things here and there. Um, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the mod companies and things like that, I don't really pay attention to much, but there's, there's so much stuff out now, but I think it's great, man. Make your game look like this Tron, you know, um, it's, I would like the company to make it look like that coming out of the gate, but if not just, uh, you know, do it on your own. Cause that, yeah, that looks great. And it has all, does this have the ramps that light up and everything? Yeah, it does. And, and really the, my oh, version good, has, yeah. yeah so it, by the way, if people want to look at it, uh, it's uh, just search for uh, Z door custom Tron on Pinside, and it'll pull up and he did an amazing job. Yeah. That's beautiful. And this is the one that you owned. Yeah. No, I, I still own he it. He still owns it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And is, are those mirror blades on that side? Yeah. They're mirror blades on the sides. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. 
yeah, I, I'm still not good enough to actually play it very well, but uh, it's it's an amazing game. So. It's just so as cool. Colin McAlpine plays in the background. Yeah, he's yeah, already, yeah. So he's already so, taking your grand champion. Ironically, I just had to pause it because Colin McAlpine, and just in case you don't know who he is, he kind of won a, I don't know a small tournament, uh, Papa 2017. So I I have a feeling that every single one of my GCs are going down. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's yeah, great. I, it's good times. Okay, I, I do have one question though, and I, I'm not talking about the game that shall not be named. <laughs> but <laughs> the top five other things that you're like, I would like to modify this. Oh boy, gosh, that's tough, man. That's tough. Whew, because other people, because uh, other people are doing so so well with that. Um, Pirates is beautiful, the the Jersey Jack one, but. People have modded that one, so I'm not going to get anywhere near that. Um, gosh, it's, it's tough to answer because I have to be really into it before I'm going to spend time on it. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't. That, okay. I don't know. That's that's a tough question. I, I yeah. kind of accept. I, I think Indiana Jones first of all, but but uh, Leor, that's the way you pronounce his name, Rajwan. Yeah. Lee or yeah. got all over that years ago. That's how we met. Um, and he oh, did okay. great sculptures for that. So, so I wouldn't go there either. Um, um, and it has to be a good game. I'm, I'm right. not going to, I'm not going to spend time making something for a game that, that for no, Popeye. <laughs> yeah. well, you guessed Ooh, it. Gilligan's Island. Wait, you could do the minnow. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> 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 yeah. So everyone's yeah, I, clamoring for a Gilligan's Island, you know. Absolutely, they made well, like four thousand of those. I've never seen one in person, but I'm amazed at how many they actually made. Yeah, I'm I'm close to the um, the pinball museum in in Banning, uh, so they had one. They they also have the uh, the Bugs Bunny birthday bash and a bunch of other really crappy games that you'd never play. Uh, yeah. But so that gives you an opportunity to see those things up close. But yeah, it's it's not a good. One. <laughs> Well, well, Steve, I, we appreciate you coming on. We've we've had uh, a wonderful chat. I mean, we're almost at an hour now, and we uh, are absolutely. Well, I could talk. I could talk rush for another five hours. So. I know you could. I know people have probably tuned us out once. He's like, oh god, here we go. Yeah, between <laughs> rush and theater. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>, really? <laughs> we scared off nothing, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like, wrong with that. Well, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> the show no. guy. here we go <laughs> no I, okay. really it's been awesome having you on oh, I, I appreciate you for saying yes yeah well yeah, thank so you so much if people want to follow you on Pinside, uh what what is your uh what is your Pinside username it's my last name govea g-o-u-v-e-i-a or search you know red red witch or monkey or something i think you'll find me <laughs> red monkey mod sure flying witch monkey mod <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. And and apparently it's uh, a to be determined one that's coming out, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, but I'm I'm excited about it. So. Yeah. Um, well, we we will certainly get you uh you know, you can have your own Keith Elwin hat, which is the Loser Kid Pinball hat. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Only call it, only call it that cuz he makes it look really good. So, uh but we'll oh, definitely send you. that out. So. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. I've been waiting for one. 
There you go. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. You can get a hold of us at Loser Kid Pinball on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now we are officially affiliated with Twitch. So if you want to watch us there, you can go to at Loser Kid Pinball on twitch.tv and follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, am I missing anything else, Scott? No, I think it's good. Uh, we actually, uh, so since Colin McAlpine showed up, we're going to do a, um, we're going to try to coordinate something too and talk about uh, competitive pinball coming up and opening back up and get his take on it since he uh, is a little, um, he's pretty good at it. So He understands it a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you in roughly about two weeks. Thank you.